What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is a uh, this is a sneaky good sports weekend. I was thinking about it on Thursday. Like, you know what? I'm pretty fired up for this weekend. We're watching Tiger while we're doing this. We got a college football game Friday night. College football. You realize the Big Twelve title game is at 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturday. Oklahoma Baylor. Yeah. Where is that game? That game is in Arlington. No. Yeah, Arlington. Big Where Ten's the... at Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. Okay. So the, when you say Arlington, is that Jerry's World? Yeah. Well, it's not bad. Oh, so we got 9 a.m. What is the SEC championship a middayer or is yep. that a night? Nope, that's a middayer. The big so you get 12:30 SEC championship. Yeah, it and might then be we one. Get it might be one. Ohio State, Wisconsin, little rematch. Five. Do you think Wisconsin's got a shot? No. <laughs> they haven't matched up well the last couple of years. They are a well coached, tough team though. I think Georgia has a shot. Uh I heard when I was driving to the airport. I wouldn't have known this without hearing this. And Feinbaum was on Stephen H. I was just flipping around channels in this rent car. And Feinbaum was breaking it down. George, I guess, is, has a little bunch of injuries. He's like, listen, we all, Georgia, when fully healthy, is good. But I guess whoever they're rolling, like they're missing their corner, Swift's hurt. They got, they're banged up. Okay. Uh, Lyman out. I didn't know that. I just now, wonder if they defensively can slow LSU down a little. But Kirby. Okay, that's good. Uh, I think. Baylor, Baylor, I would imagine Clem, a... Clemson, uh, Virginia's at night too. Probably five. Yeah, I don't know. That game might be. I I I think it's earlier. I what think. are you thinking about uh, the Mountain West Championship, Boise, Hawaii? I like Boise. I do Hawaii. too. Hawaii's got a chance. I don't know. Uh, 
How about Baylor, Oklahoma? Baylor, uh, I, Blair. Yeah, I, think, I think Oklahoma's just on a different level. Baylor was up twenty-eight to three in the first meeting in the first half. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts had a fumble on the goal line. He threw, I think, a, either a pick six or a bad pick that led to another touchdown. It was kind of a unique set of circumstances. CD Lamb didn't it, play. It was in Baylor. Uh, this is, I mean, by the time some of these people listen to this, you already know the Utah score. It's a big fucking night for them to like, you can't just win by five, right? Who's that? And it, the Utah wins by a couple points. And well, then we'll, we'll get, I, yeah, I want to, I want to go through style points with you later. We'll get into this because I got some thoughts on that. You got some takes? I got some, I got some takes. Some takes? What, what time uh, will some I see you there? Takey uh, takes? 4.30? Yeah, we got to finish this pod, get down there, down to Santa Clara. Uh, all right, a lot to get to here. A lot to, lot get, to get to. to. Let's get this, into it. This podcast is brought to you by CandidCO.com slash ham, promo code ham. It's that time of year. Sharing smiles and good times with friends and family and exchanging gifts. But we got the best gift you can give yourself. Self-confidence. How do you get it? By having straighter, brighter teeth with the help from Candid. Guy, get yourself a gift from Candid. CandidCO.com slash ham. Use the code ham, obviously. Their aligners can help straighten your teeth faster and cheaper than traditional wireless braces. Over the Overall, at six months, 65% cost less. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state can create a custom treatment plan. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see your teeth, mm. how good they look when you're done. Guy, is, is there any better feeling than smiling? With straight teeth, it's just a it's a confidence builder. It's a game changer. But here's the thing, guy. Candid's aligners, they're obviously comfortable. They're removable, unlike braces, but they're completely invisible. It's like a ghost in your mouth. You can't even see it. Your, your teeth are getting straight. You, you're, you're feeling confident, and no one can even tell that you got something in your mouth. Ghost mouth. Can't beat it, guy. Uh, plus, in this season of giving, Candid donates $25 with each aligner purchase to Smile Train, which brings safe 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. So give yourself the gift of Candid. Go to Candid, that's C-A-N-D-I-D, CandidCO.com slash ham and use code ham to get $75 off. That's CandidCO.com slash ham. Code ham, $75 off. CandidCO.com slash ham. Code ham. Straighten up those teeth. Straighten up your look, too, with Untuck It. This is a good combo. We like having this combo to lead off the show. Smiling good with a nice shirt on. Yeah. How do you beat that guy? Making moves. You know, just uh, imagine rolling to the to the Pac-12 championship game, untuck it shirt, straight teeth, feeling swagged out. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. We got Christmas. We got Hanukkah. We got giving season. The time is now. Go check it out. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. Got a million options of shirts, button-ups, collared shirts, you name it, you know, check around. The best part, we, we've all had button-up shirts forever our entire life. They're like hang down to our knees or even ones that we get custom built that are still too long to wear if you don't want to untuck the shirt. It's, it's the game-changing part about our friends at Untuck It. You know, Drew Brees, you ever heard of him? He's just, uh, he's one of their endorsers as well as Haberman Middlecoff. Just Drew Brees, Haberman Middlecoff. Kyler Murray. I mean, look, think about that, John. There's so many different fits, 50 different frame fits, comp- fit combinations. You can go into the store. You can actually use the promo code uh, HAM if you go into one of the uh, 50 stores nationwide. Or just go to untuckit.com, 20% off the first order. Code HAM. HAM. By the way, speaking of uh, looking good and feeling good, I don't know how you feel about I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but uh, a friend 
went on a date on uh, Thursday night. Where? Tony's Pizza. Okay. And he was thinking this this was the date where they might have relations, post game relations. Gotcha. And I said, so I he think didn't, he didn't like want a carb load before the marathon type. Well, deal? so here's the deal. I said, I think that's a problematic. I think this is a little problematic for you because I think going to Tony's while delicious, it's easy to get too full there. How many, how many dates is this? I, that I don't know. Gotcha. So and I kind of getting serious. So he orders the New Yorker, which is our favorite pizza there. Oh, packed with meats and meatballs. Yeah. And he texted me this morning and said, your theory was correct. He's like, by 11 p.m., your boy just wanted to get to his own bed, go to sleep, and fart. I said, well, I tried to warn you. He said, that was a good theory. I said, it's not a theory. It's just life experience. I think that meal's too heavy. Yeah, to me, the, game, the move might be is like, come over, I'll make something. You know, if that's what you're going for. I, Tony's Pizza is something you go to eat, and then you just go to maybe you go, bring yeah, home yeah. some leftovers to eat a little more. Look, when yeah, I'm at Tony's Pizza, I'm making love as well. It's just to a pepperoni pizza. Yeah, there, there's a reason Tony's the best in the business, because you fall in love with Tony, not whoever's <laughs> sitting next to you. I, I, I would agree. But you also get credit because you all shared that experience. We went to Tony's Correct. Pizza together. We loved it. So it's like, you know, sex is inevitable. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the game you got to play. You'd hope. Yeah. That's, is, 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 if there's going to be another date, then great. I mean, no biggie. Maybe this brings you closer together. But. I've always in the in the millennial dating scene. I guess you're allowed to go Dutch, and a lot a lot of people that I know do it. Really, and they you know they still kind of get laid by just splitting the check. They're like, I'm telling you, you don't need to pay for it all. I've just I'm just maybe too good of a guy, too high character, too much integrity. I always take the check, even if it's uh you know because with the internet dating, you never want to go right to dinner. Because there have been some moves where you're like, God, she does not quite look like I thought she looked. And we're at a little too nice of a restaurant here. Okay. You just always go drinks or whatever. Yeah. And then if she, if you are hitting it off or whatever, you can always pivot from there. Let's go get some food, right? And then you can go. But I just know a lot of people, and maybe it's cheap, they just always split. Because the girl usually does offer. You know, like I'll split some of it. And I've just never had, I don't know if the ball is the right move. Because it's not, it doesn't take ball. It's just not the right thing to do, right? Well, you could argue in 2020 as times changed, you know. Well, but to me, it's w- not women even are breadwinners. It's not even a. <laughs> it's not even a dating thing. I think you can go. It, it, I think for 30 bucks or whatever it would cost you extra, you can make an impression on somebody. Like I think a good move is when you are having drinks or a meal with somebody that you know is wealthy has not like. Oh, I think we have like when you ha- when you're in a situation where you're with somebody and they are wealthy, right? Not rich. Wealthy, there's a distinction. Yeah. Even rich, whatever. When you're with somebody that like clearly has like money means up, nothing to them. I think paying for that meal is always a great move. Now, provided that you didn't order like a you know a three hundred dollar bottle of wine or something. If it's just like a coffee or not even coffee, but like a lunch, like a, a steak. So, I think that's always a classy move, right? Yeah. Well, the person who is always looked to to pay when everyone just kind of assumes that person's paying. When you pay, I think any of you listening that are in that situation, I think that's a classy move. I've told you about the the Seinfeld move, right? Which one? What Jerry does. I've heard the stories about this. What's he do? Somebody told him on a podcast. uh, He will call the the restaurant before the meal, put his credit card on, or like an assistant will, put the credit card on file, so the bill never even comes to the table. God, that's genius. What's that for? What's the mindset there? Just not only are you not paying, you're going to get mind fucked that the bill never came. 
you're going to be like, what, who, who took care of that? It's just now there's not – you totally eliminate that moment where it comes to the table. It's like, like who's going to split? What are we going to do? Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. kind of looking at it. Like I think that would probably be a pretty baller date move. Like, hey, I'm coming in. Here's the credit card ahead of time. Then you just get up and leave. That that's pretty genius. That that's not a bad. If you really like have some, you know, a girl that you're trying to impress, that might be the move. If you're going to a nice restaurant or whatever, the bill never even comes like out. Like he pre Think about it, he pre tips. Think about do you that. Think, do you think Holly Sanders and that betting Dave guy do that? Uh, that was that's the most shocking story of Friday. I think. Well, do you know much about? I, I don't. Everyone was tweeting about the betting Dave guy. I don't really know anything about him. I don't. Either. I did. I, I did see actually a real sports once on him, and then in the TMZ article, he's like Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street. Like he's been indicted on shit. Like this isn't just—he's not just a quote-unquote sharp. Like he's gone to jail for different things or been on probation. Uh, I think Holly might be losing a little bit. You know, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. That I always was, liked uh, Holly alarming when I clicked on that story. Michigan State golfer guy. I know. I, All right, Milkoff. You had to go over under. Two years. I mean, she's got porn written all over at this at this rate. The way it's. I mean, her her Instagram is. Are people still? Is that still a thing people go to? Like, I I feel like you used. Well, yeah. To, well, when I say porn, I just she could do her own video, tweet it out. You know, it doesn't need necessarily need to be with like vivid video. I'm just saying, like, once upon a time, if you, you did that, to do that to get famous, yeah, it cut through every other story, right? It well, now like, you can just do Instagram or whatever. Dude, who? But now that that like, I'm just saying that move's been done. Probably still works. <laughs> I think it always works, guy. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said when I saw TMZ tweet that he was dating her, I did a little searching. I'm like, does she have a tape? Because <laughs> I'm down to watch it right now, and I, it doesn't exist yet. But when it exists, I think they'll uh, in a in an open market society. I do think the the if there's a supply, the demand would be there. <laughs> it would get some clicks. I promise you. Because clearly, she, high, she, she, New York hard. Daily News, TMZ, like it would get tweeted out. People would fucking click. Porn works just like prostitution works for one reason: men. We are willing to consume. What would the move like? What 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 is it I, work for? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the end game here is. Like her attack mode of what she's shooting for here, but it, it does feel like that's the the trending direction. You know, like it does feel like the Patriots right now. They're trending. Something weird's going to happen there. Like, mm-hmm. is Tom going to snap soon if they don't score touchdowns? Is like Bill going to just rehire Antonio Brown? Like, it's trending. Something weird's going to happen. Holly Sanders or Saunders is trending. I will not be shocked if all of a sudden it's like Holly Sanders and Todd Gurley have a sex. You know, just something like what? You know, she's in L.A. It's just I don't know. I, and I, if Todd Gurley's a married man, I apologize. I'm just using him as an example of a human that, like, you'd just be like, what? Or it could be a clipper. You know, Lou Williams, remember, he used to have two chicks. It's like, Lou Williams has legitimately two girlfriends, and they hang out together. It's accepted. You know, that, that could be, like, all of a sudden, Holly is dating Uncle Dennis. You know, something like that. I, I'm, a, I'm expecting Dennis. crazy. By the way, has Steve Belichick been talking all year, or is this recent? Uh, I, I think Bill has allowed like his assistants to talk a lot more this year. So like they would, I I think like once a month, they just get the group or maybe once, once a week, like the group of assistants, like you can just go ask Bielema questions or Josh or whatever. I just, I don't know why it's taking so long for everyone to realize he sounds just like Bill. And it's not like, I don't think he's faking or trying to do that. That's like how he talks, right? Uh, all right. 
Niners, Saints, John, <laughs> Niners, Saints on Sunday. Another just breakfast classic here on the West Coast. Um, Saints are favored in this game. 49ers coming off that slugfest with the Ravens. They've been spending all their time in Florida getting tan. Here's where I've settled with this game. I think the Niners best beats the Saints on Sunday. Why do you think that? Because of the 49ers defense. I think that defense at its best, and we saw against Baltimore, a team that has scored on some pretty good teams, obviously what they did to the Rams and what they did to the Patriots. I think we keep waiting for the 49ers to look like a team that isn't a Super Bowl contender because it's still so new that they're in this position. But they're an elite defense. They're the best defense that the Saints have played this year. And they run the football. Their coach can stand toe-to-toe with Sean Payton. I think we're learning that this year. I just – I think I think they're a better football team. You know what's funny is yesterday I was looking at just point differentials and, like, scoring defenses. Or maybe it was when I was writing the article for the Athletic on the Niners. And it's, you know, the number one scoring defense is the Patriots. And really a little skewed because, remember, those, like, first four weeks, they allowed a total of, like, three points. So th- their number still, like, 12 on the season. Which is insane. Like, if you average 12, like all those years when Seattle was the number one scoring defense, it was typically like closer to 15. I mean, 12 is a borderline undefeated season. Like, how are you going to lose many games if you average 12 points giving up a season? The Niners were second, and the Bears were third. I think people are like, the Bears defense is kind of shitty this year. Yeah, relative to what they were last year, they're still fucking damn good. But that's that's the crew the Niners roll with. Like, that's their crew. And it felt like I'm watching the game in Hawaii and it's like, God, we're, the guy, I didn't say we, but whoa, you know, friends whoa. were saying like, we're getting gashed. We're getting gashed. I was like, yeah, it felt like that, right? And then you look up late in the fourth quarter. I'm like, have the Ravens scored this half? They didn't score all half until the Tucker hit the game winning field goal. So I, I think Sala, it's not really getting talked about because he lost the game, but they came out with second half adjustments that were fantastic. And... What they're seeing this week, did you see Baldinger did a breakdown? Maybe it was Balding or someone like that. And I know Jeff Schwartz had been talking about it. Like, why did the Niners attack it this way? Basically, the, the defensive end that's unblocked, he just went right after the running back. Right. And they, they tried to get the linebacker to scrape. And, and Baldinger, and I know Jeff, was like, that's a fucking long way to go. If you get any riffraff, Lamar just sees open grass, and it's just hard. Like, really, you should have the defensive end scrape you know, take the quarterback and someone else take the running back. But you don't even need to think like that this week. Think of what, are they the closest to like Army? Because it's like you're playing Army one week of your college football and then you're just playing Drew Brees. And they do tough shit, but it's like, what's Drew going to do? I don't know, throw it to Kamara or throw it to Michael Thomas. Like well, he's he's going to do it. normal things. Yeah, look, Michael Thomas, John, has at least 10 catches at 100 yards in his last four home games. He's a, he's a monster. But if you get to Brees, which is what this team does... You can disrupt that. I'm not trying to diminish them because I've been saying I think the Saints are excellent and you can only play who you play. And it was like... I mean, they won on the road in Seattle, right? Yeah, and they won on the road in Seattle. Their first couple games, they were 2-0. They beat Houston and Seattle right off the bat early on in the season. Muscle flex were fucking good. And and you just watch them. They got good players every level, every side of the ball. But when you look at their, their, uh, their schedule... I think Tiger is just going to get a penalty here. That that they've played a lot of 
just because of their division, like the Jaguar. Now, the Jaguar, they've played the AFC South, and they obviously play in the NFC South. This is easily their toughest game since the Seattle game. And when Atlanta beat the shit out of them three and a half weeks ago now, remember just killed them? They had six sacks. And one of the knocks on Atlanta all year was like, God, you know, they don't, they don't really rush the passer very well. Well, we know for a fact the Niners rush the passer well, one. And two, D. Ford's coming back. Andreas Pete, you know, kind of one of their star offensive linemen's hurt. He's not even playing. I, I do think that the Niners can really get after Drew Brees. Now, can the Niners score in their defense? Can the Niners, you know, stop the running game, which they just struggled stopping? Because watching the Saints earlier this season when Kamara was banged up, I thought I thought Latavius was like, established himself as one of the better backup running backs in the league. Like, he looked awesome. Like, they, they got firepower. A sneaky addition they had this offseason who, you know, anyone in the Bay, well, I don't know if everyone in the Bay watched the Raiders, but guys like me and you who watch the Raiders play, Jared Cook is on their team. Like, Jared Cook is, if that's like your fourth best offensive role player, you're in pretty fucking good shape. He was the Raiders' best weapon last year. Like, he's a really good, quote-unquote, role player. I mean, he's a starting tight end. He's a He's a... Big time pass catching tight end, they're good. Like this would be, this would be an elite win, you know, just like last week would have been. And it's not if you play toe to toe, just like you did. It's not a bad loss, but it's it's a great win. Just like yeah. last week, if somehow you can pull it out, it's a fucking elite win. It's not a bad loss if it looks like the Ravens game in terms of how good we think you are. It just means that the wild having to go the wild card, the wild card route becomes all the more real, and it means that you. You might have to go back there and beat like one way or another. You might have to win a game in New Orleans this year to get to this to get to the NFC Championship game or to get to the Super Bowl. I guess it well, could if, be. The if NFC you lose this game. game, the you know for a fact, I think that the that the conference does not go through San Francisco, right? Because then New Orleans would have tiebreakers over both of them. Right. So, I'm just saying, one way or the other, you got to win there. Either it's now, and maybe you get home field, or in the playoffs when you have to go there to beat them. Wouldn't you rather do it now than have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, yes. How many yes. home games? Like, this team, if I told you they're back-to-back number one seeds in the NFC, is wouldn't you say the likelihood of them going to the Super Bowl is pretty high? Like, last year it took a crazy blown call for them not to go. If they get the opportunity again, wouldn't you say they'd be the favorites going into the NFC if they were yeah. the, if they were the one seed? Well, think about it. Would, they will you, would you look at Seattle if if Seattle's the one seed and the Saints are the two seed as the heavy favorites if they're the one? I would not look at Seattle if, as the heavy favorites because either way you'd have New Orleans has beat Seattle in Seattle, so either they got Seattle coming to them or they're going back to a place they've already won. Now, honestly, at this moment, I might take Seattle in that game at home, uh, but not in New Orleans. And then you would have, if Seattle, if New Orleans is the one seed, excuse me, they will have beaten the Niners and the Seahawks in all likelihood, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they would be the heavy favorites, and they'd be at home. So they would get Seattle again, but this time at home, and the Niners again at home. Do you know what's kind of nice about, about the, just the narratives with this team is mm-hmm. we don't, because Jimmy's kind of proved, like, yeah, he's pretty solid. Like, we don't need to live and die with every pass. It's not like, Jimmy needs to prove himself. No, just Jimmy needs to play like Jimmy, and they'll have a chance to win. Like I tweeted last night, watching Dak Prescott, I, I I can't even fathom paying him Jared Goff money, just like I couldn't fathom paying Jared Goff Jared Goff money. Right. Like, I, I think Derek Prescott deserves like a Jimmy Garoppolo contract. Like, I look at Jimmy Garoppolo, like, properly paid, you know? Yeah, he's not, but... He's, 
He just he's paid what he's paid and it works. But you know what? When it comes to quarterbacks, I read this. I was reading this Ken Rosenthal article in the Athletic about um, Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers the other day, and I, Friedman had a great quote. He's like, because they have not spent a ton of money, right, on free agents. They've spent more money on their own players, but they have not like given out massive contracts. They haven't since. bought like a coal or whatever right. lately. And he's like, look, you got it. You, when it comes to free agency, you just have to be logical. You got to be reasonable. You've got to be thoughtful, all that stuff. He's like, but the fact is that attitude gets you third place on every free agent. Like at some point you've got to, if you want to win a free agency battle, you're going to have to do something beyond what you think is reasonable. But these guys aren't free agents, guys. No, no, I understand. But what I'm saying is when it comes to quarterback contracts, it usually is kind of in that realm too. Like, but see, I, see, I disagree. I, I agree with like Cousins, and that's what Friedman's talking about. When you have an open bidding process, right. you can't like the Phillies would say, we gave him $330 because fucking, I don't know, Farhan wanted to. But Larry was offering him 300 Like we had to do that. But with, with quarterbacks, when they're under contract and the way the NFL set up, like you're kind of in control. And I talked to someone in the NFL, a scout, not necessarily a GM, because I think usually GMs tell you that. I, I think these and it's clear the smartest guy, like how he gave Carson Wentz $110 million. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, like, what, Carson, where are you going to go? Like, what are you going to do? Like, we, you're going to, because we're nervous, best case scenario, you have an MVP season, and then you can offer, like, $120 Because the thing that I keep getting back to is, like, Rodgers and Russell, right, got, got extended these last couple years, over the last, like, calendar year, right? Enormous money. And neither one of those franchises have had one loss of sleep post that signing or even before. Like, yeah, fucking give him whatever he wants. I think the, the, the Rams are already going like, what the fuck? The, the Cowboys are like, We're, we can't give Dak this much money. Even the right. Eagles are like, God damn, we made a bet here. Where the Niners are like, we got a relatively cheap deal. And everyone at the time thought we were kind of getting bent over. But we knew it wasn't even close. And we're in kind of the driver's seat right so, now. So I, I think all that's fair. To me, the difference is... If you're a quarterback that's got a lot of games under your belt, your great games outweigh your bad games when it comes to contract time. Because like, like Jared Goff would be like, I played in the NFC Championship. Well, game. just like yeah, what could he be? Like Dak has one playoff road games, and I think when you're talking about a quarterback, you're talking about a guy that's supposed to be the leader of your franchise, the face of your franchise. I think it's easy to go look, man. If this we're we are building everything around this guy, if there's anybody to give a few more bucks to, because we want him to be the face of our franchise then that's what you got I do. would agree, but you have to be, like, the one thing that's clear with Jimmy is we thought for a minute, like, Jimmy could be a top-five quarterback. I think Jimmy's going to be a really good player, and he's proven to, like, have flashes of it, but he's probably never going to be a top-five quarterback. But he's going to be a really good player, and he's good enough to, like, win a Super Bowl. I would never want to be like, yeah, let's just, let's just pay him like fucking Russell Wilson. Like, that's right. where but you I, get problems. But, but, I, but what I would say is, like, the highs on his resume don't stack up with the highs on coming into the year on well, yeah, I mean, he, he He's a unique, like... I think Dak, you can see where Dak kind of bet on himself. Well, yeah, Flacco's the one everyone's like, well, Flacco bet on himself. And he won the fucking Super Bowl. Like, Dak, you look last night, you look like way worse than Mitch Trubisky. So you can't, like, what is Dak's leverage right now? I'm just saying that this is about the Niners, but I think they got... They got lucky, one, that like some of Jimmy's comps were like car and stuff, that they weren't at the point where they had to For do sure. something super, super crazy, which would have been like if that, if Jimmy Garoppolo right now, instead of getting 70 million guaranteed, had gotten 105, I think we talk about him a little differently, right? Because it doesn't feel like he got that, like he got a lot of money, 
but he's way underpaid, the top guys, and it doesn't feel as bad. If Jimmy Garoppolo had Dak money, or let's say Jared Goff's money, I think we'd be like, is he good enough? And, and that's really nothing changed. Like, nothing's really changed for Jared Goff. But I, I'm just not... I've just, I just have a new philosophy when it comes to players. Just ba- baseball, basketball. I'm, I'm playing... A, I, I only pay elite money to elite players. I think it's a great philosophy. It just, to me, doesn't quite apply... Well, let me rephrase this. It, then it's going to be hard to get the elite player in free agency. But that's okay. It, I, I, don't, I think if you say we're never going to be the highest bidder when it gets to astronomical money, that, that might be a winning formula. Now, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's say, however the finances work, the Cowboys are like, fuck. We got a franchise Dak. We don't want to pay Amari Cooper. Let's just say they said, let's assume they said that. Amari Cooper is a free agent. And we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. Guys like Amari Cooper that are young, ascending. Amari Cooper, quote unquote, like had a bad, like three week stretch. He's having career highs and like yardage. He just had a career high yesterday with that touchdown catch. He's got eight, which is a career high. Like he's, he would get an astronomical amount of money. Let's use the 49ers for an example. I would not be in the bidding for Amari Cooper, given where it's clear his money would be way higher. Like you would have to pay him elite money. And I don't view him like an elite player. He's a really good player, but given what you got, I wouldn't do that. But like Nick Bosa, I whenever he comes up, assuming he keeps playing like this, or let's use his brother, who's about to be a free agent. Let's say the Chargers did not want Nick Bosa. If I were other teams around the league, I would have no problem giving Nick Bosa, quote-unquote, elite money. And I think you got to be careful with that in the NFL because when you sign the wrong guys, and the Niners have done a good job on this, they haven't invested... They haven't had many stupid contracts because, for the most part, their big money contracts are with internal guys over the years, and they do it forward thinking. But eventually, they're going to be in a position, just because they have a lot of money and they haven't had that many guys to pay over the years, where they could trade for a guy to then pay, which they try to do with Khalil Mack. You just, I would never overextend on a non elite player to make, quote unquote, the highest paid player in his position or whatever, which you see consistently happen. It happened to a Olivier Vernon the other year. It happened to even the Raiders. Like, they get Trent Brown this year. When Trent Brown's on the field, he's fucking good, right? So you never feel like, you feel good about that. But Trent Brown was a starter on a Super Bowl team. He's fucking really good. And he fit what Gruden wanted to do, and they paid him. I just think a lot of teams, I think, think like that, and then they get in the position, they're like, oh, we really want this player. And I think that's kind of what Friedman's saying so you, you realize you're comfortable with overpaying because you really like them, but you got to make sure the guy you really like is fucking the cream of the crop. Because you could argue Bryce Harper sure. for what they pay. Now there are business elements there too, but he ain't a top 10 player in baseball. Well, yeah, but, and remember, the Dodgers tried to give Zach Grinke like 190 or something, and they offered Bryce like a three-year deal. Like three years, 120 million. Yeah, you just do what's right. right. Yeah, you do what's right for you. Um, and this is where like Sean Payton... Kyle Shanahan for sure come into play is just I feel like when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo whatever he is you're going to get the best of him because that's what Kyle Shanahan gets like one thing that's interesting just looking at the matchup neither one of these guys gets hit a ton they are both top five in the NFL in the amount of time in the fewest amount of seconds they're like Jimmy's like 2.61 to throw and Drew is even less Drew is second in the league time to throw um so neither one of them stands back there long and gets rid of it fast. The one I thing I, I would just say that makes me feel good about Jimmy is because the Saints do have a good pass rush. I, we've watched him all year. 
handle pressure around him and at his feet really well. So It helps when you can run the ball. Wouldn't you say also just bigger picture, not just even for this year in a vacuum? Like Sean Payton just signed a huge extension. They've proven this year that they could win with Teddy Bridgewater. Like This is a team that if you end up winning the NFC West this year, you're going to play them next year because it would be a strength of schedule game. You know the NFL would put them against the Saints. This is a team that you're going to have to see these next couple of years when you're in this little window of being really good. Like this is this is a micro game because it's just you had to win this game to try to win the West. It's a macro game because you might see this team again in the playoffs. And it's even a bigger picture macro game of this team's pretty fucking loaded for the next several years. Whether Drew Brees retires, they just keep Teddy, they draft a guy. Like they're going to be good. They have one of the best coaches. They have one of the best rosters. Like the, like the Ravens, this is a barometer game. Like Seattle is like that's just your rival. That's who you have to beat to win your fucking division. This is you want to win the Super Bowl. You got to beat this team right. this year, next year. Like you, you got to try. Like you aspire to be better than them. Like when they're in the Harbaugh years, think about it. Like really, they held themselves against kind of two teams. It was we got to be better in Seattle and we got to be better in the Packers. And the Niners just always kind of housed the Packers. And then Seattle kind of gave them some trouble, right? But it was like, those were kind of the teams. Well, right now, it's kind of, the Niners already kicked the shit out of the Packers, so you feel you're good enough there. It's like, you still can't beat Seattle, and the Saints team is the other team kind of that you're going to have, like, the powerhouse. Like, the true powerhouse. Like, Minnesota's solid. Green Bay's, I think, would still be solid. But to me, it's you got to figure out a way to beat Seattle. And this is the other, to me, true powerhouse now. They were the one seed last year. They're in position again to be the one seed. Their home field's fucking stacked. They have basically the right-handed Steve Young at quarterback. They have, I mean, is does this guy even need another Super Bowl to be a Hall of Famer? Is he just one more maybe Super Bowl appearance to be a borderline Hall of Famer? Like, he, he turned Who? the Saints into a powerhouse. Sean Payton. Oh. Uh, like, another Super Bowl, is he a lock Hall of Famer? Well, I'd yeah, another so. Super Bowl. I, the reason I pause is I'm just wondering, is he there yet? I mean, but another one, it's done. He's in. He's got a pretty unreal resume whether he makes it or not, right? Yeah. I think most people I feel consider like when him I'm, the best coach of the league. Right, when I'm watching Belichick. Yeah. I just, when I'm watching him, I... Yeah, he just bells, bills in his own. I just feel like you kind of fear him, right? He's in the category of coaches that you just, you fear. Like, what is this guy going to do? And that's, I feel like I'm watching a Hall of Fame level guy. I, most, most bizarre resume for a sweet coach. Been suspended a year. Had a bunch of years where they put they up really, historic numbers and went seven and nine. He kicked a fucking onsider in the Super Bowl. He beat Peyton Manning. He's had some highs and lows. Yes, <laughs> yeah. was like there was He's on the newly phone married to get now to some socialite. I think in was going to get traded to the Niners. You remember that story? <laughs> he. Uh, He's like a, would you say a little more normal Harbaugh? Because it's like, whoa, some weird shit has happened. Remember there was some pill popping with some trainers? Remember yeah. that? <laughs> well, the pills were missing from the team. Yeah, they like, were, where's all the Vicodin guys? Yeah, not just pill popping, but like team pills yeah, di- disappearing. I Look, all the good with him is the reason why if the Niners win, it would be, I think, the biggest win of the Shanahan era, just given the level of opponent. I would they're, agree. They're better than Green Bay. They're better than the Rams. They're better than... But beat Seattle with Teddy. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, having beat Seattle... If you beat Seattle Week 17, that might become bigger depending on things, but... And it's just a long week. I, to me, it's about Kyle kind of... This is well, Kyle you know what it, you know what it feels Sean. like? And we're going to talk about college a little bit later. Like, if you're a cream-of-the-crop Pac-12 team, like when Oregon's good or USC's good, 
and you get matched up against fucking like Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. Like it does feel like you're just going to the SEC against their best team. You know, let's see what you got. You know, because they're fucking ready, and they're gonna be. It could be a pretty unreal 24 hours here for Baton, just the New Orleans area, right? Because there is the football they're going to consume from Saturday to Sunday is going to be a lot. I yeah. mean, they got the SEC championship game and then this game. This is, right. they're on kind of a football crack high right now. I was watching Wolf of Wall Street the other day. It came on. Mm-hmm. And the scene when Jonah's like, let's do some crack. I mean, that movie's just so ridiculous. It's one of the most underrated performances in the history of movies by Jonah Hill. He was unreal in that movie. But, yeah, it does have an SEC feel to it. And that's just the South, you know? Which plus is cool, the, like a big SEC feel. Plus the whole movie was uh, was produced with, like, stolen Malaysia, embezzled Malaysian government money. That's the all, other part of the movie. All fraudulent crazy. cash. Think I of mean, the ir- irony there. Well, I think maybe I've said it before in the pod. I don't remember, but you mentioned Jordan Belfort. So they're like the guy who stole all the who like uh, the guy who stole all this money from the Malaysian government with the, not with the help of the Malaysian government embezzled a bunch of money produces this movie. He has like this party on a yacht to celebrate the making of the movie. Like it's not made yet, and like Leo is there, and it's nuts. It's- Belfort is on. Belfort's there. Belfort is on the yacht with his girlfriend, and turns to his girlfriend and says. Something is fishy here because nobody who actually makes this much money, if it was their money, would spend it at the rate that these guys are spending it. It's, it takes a rat to As smell a guy who a rat, stole rat. money. Yeah, it takes a rat to smell a rat. <laughs> so, so what do you th- what's your, uh, where do you stand here? Niners Saints. Yeah, I, I feel just like last week, complete coin flip game. I feel a little bit stronger this week given that usually, like, I think after the fact, you realized, for as good as Lamar was running around, the Niners were probably helped out that it was a little wet because they were kind of didn't really know what was going on early. Like, they felt lost. I actually think they're going to be better suited. Like, they, they hang their hat on speed on defense. Their speed on defense. Well, where do you play fucking faster? Inside, in a dome. I tell and, you, I wouldn't mind if it was raining on Michael Thomas, though, if I'm the Niners. Yeah, but to me, Michael Thomas is a type of receiver, like a Hopkins, like a Crabtree type. He's not a speed guy, so he could play in fucking mud. He's not. He's just so physical. I think it's more just can you get after Drew Brees' ass. Now the the counter is when Drew's humming, he's got some Brady to him. He's getting he ain't holding on to the ball long. Well, he's not. You know that's. I would say that's the difference. Like when they were kicking to Aaron Rodgers' ass. Rodgers is king of like, I'm going to hold this bad boy for the next couple seconds so I can make a sweet-ass play and then do, uh, you know, uh, the, the belt move at the other sideline. Where Breeze, he's like, I, I can't move around. I got to get rid of the football. Now, this is also where, you know, can they cover Michael Thomas? Can they cover Jared Cook? Like, this is tough. This is this is big boy elite football. This is... This is why the NFL's king because they can. It feels like every week right now down the home stretch, we got two or three matchups a week that are just feel enormous. Well, and this it, this is this is that. You're right. I mean, and it's the thing about the NFC this year is it feels like some whoever wins the NFC is going to have to beat somebody twice. Like now, now maybe not, but it might be that the Saints or the Niners have to beat the other one twice. It might be that the Seahawks have to beat one of those two teams. Hell, they Seattle might have to beat the Niners, to beat the Niners three, three times. times. I know. 
that I mean, how many times has that had to happen? Has that happened where a a team has beaten another team three times in the same season to go to the Super Bowl? Because the year that the Niners got beat in the FC Championship, they remember they had beat them that year at Candlestick. So it's just it's it's a little like college basketball, you know, like when the teams ever play in the like uh, you know the ACC tournament, right? And like you know, like Duke's beat North Carolina twice. It's gonna be hard, you know. Oh, you it's such a college basketball like, conversation. Are, are you gonna let us get our ass kicked three times by fucking Jim Beheim? Like we gotta win this game. Where in football, I guess sometimes it typically we've had a decent amount of matchups where the wild card weekend it's like the three and the six. Remember a couple years ago, Saints Carolina. Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, we have a chance. We've gotten like Kansas City, San Diego before. You just sometimes you get that, but it doesn't ever feel like that team's beat them three times. Usually they split. Because you can split and go five and one in your division and go thirteen and three, and that team goes eleven and five, and you still match up with them in the first round. Yeah. I'm excited. Sunday's uh got some good games, guy. I know. It's, it's, you're right, it is a great, great uh football weekend. Uh, so I, I would lean coin flip game like last week. Feel they have a much better chance to win than last week. Even though last week, like during the third quarter, like second half, like the Niners going to win this game. <laughs> right. But that's, I mean, that's just the games that like most Patriot when they play good team, like you just play in tighter games. That's this part of being a good football team. Yeah. Yeah. It's also part of having a good defense. You know, the games just look a little closer, right? Because you're not getting into shootouts are a little more of a roller coaster ride than just old school, you know, games in the teens that are super tight. And you got to give this guy credit because, you know, my I think my second year in Philly when Juan Castillo ended up getting the job, I remember one day being in the office and like probably like February. The defensive coordinator job, right? Yeah, the defensive coordinator job. And Coach Reed was walking with a guy. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, meet Dennis Allen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Dennis, he was an up-and-comer. I don't know where he would have been at the time, but he was like a DB coach. He ended up becoming the defensive coordinator in Denver for a couple of years. Or did he go to New Orleans? Wherever the fuck he went. And then he got the Raider job. But once the Raider job ended, it just shows you how the coaching profession works. If I would have told you he would have become one of the best defensive coordinators for the next three or four years, I would be like, I don't know. But things change quick. Because now he's uh, clearly one of the best. He's been one of the better defensive coordinators in the league the last couple of years. Yeah, you probably met him when he was the secondary coach for the Saints. Yeah, that's what it was. Then where did he go then? Denver for a year. Game changer. Did you know he was on the Bills practice squad as a player in 1996? <laughs> no. Did he play at A&M? Uh, yeah. Remember when we worked at 95-7 the game and he uh, had like a pep talk with the staff? I do, yeah. That was at the Raider Building, right? Yeah, and it looked like that he would have rather like done a swan dive off the Golden Gate Bridge than talk to us. <laughs> but he was trying to be like a good partner and be cool. That's right. We took we took uh, pictures with the replica Super Bowl trophies that day. You and I. I still are have those, those the, are those the replicas or were they the real ones? I thought they were replicas. Were they real? I don't know. I thought they were real. I, I think the, I thought they, they have replicas just for photo ops and stuff. Oh, for the teams. That's what I thought. Do, do the teams also have the real ones? Or they well, no, somewhere? I'm saying I think the teams have real ones, but I think that there are replicas. I mean, there's, I guess, even real ones I, are replicas. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow you. But the originals, I don't think, are the ones that go out for the marketing meetings. You, like, if you, you would you imagine if you walked into the New England Patriot offense, offices, they would just have, like, the five or six yeah. when you walk in? 
They're you know, there like behind when you go glass. To, like when you go to the USC, it used to be like this. I know they changed buildings. You know how they have the Heisman trophies, like in the in that base of the building. Right. Those are the real Heisman trophies, right? Was it called the uh, uh, the Heisman room? But don't they have? Was it called Champions uh, Hall or uh, Champions like Center? Yeah. Is that what do they still call that in 2020? Or is it like a mediocre room? Heritage Hall. Heritage Hall. Heritage Hall. Yeah. Does, does Reggie stay in there, or do they yank that? No, Reggie's is gone. Reggie's doesn't exist. That's bullshit. It is. Uh, it is. All right. College football weekend. Sunday's great. We'll get to Sunday. We'll get to the Raiders. But college football weekend's awesome. Actually, for those of you listening, if you're catching this on Friday, there's a game tonight. If you're listening Saturday or after, you already know what happened Friday night in the Pac-12 title game, Utah and Oregon in the rain. But it is an awesome college football weekend. So you brought up style points earlier. Yeah. Give you my take on style points because the games that get played, in other words, Utah is the five seed. Oklahoma is the six right now in the college football playoff, not a seed. If Georgia beats LSU, then none of this matters on Sunday, Saturday, because Georgia will be in and LSU will be in and Clemson and Ohio State, and that's curtains. But because LSU's in right now, win or lose. LSU's in. Yep. Ohio State's in, win or lose. Yep. Yeah. So. Clemson in win or lose? You know, I think they should be, but it would be a pretty massive upset to lose to Virginia. I do think the crazy scenario would be LSU beating Georgia, but both uh, Oregon and Baylor winning. So Oklahoma and Utah losing. What happens then? Think about this guy. Would you this you wouldn't is, put two lost Georgia in? No, Clem, Clemson is a twenty and a, twenty eight and a half. Yeah, it'd flavor. be a massive upset. Like the for example, the George LSU line seven, uh, like for tonight the line seven, the Baylor Oklahoma line is nine, and those you say for championship games, touchdowns pretty big. Now it's college, so it's a little warped, but twenty eight and a half. So you know what? Maybe one loss Baylor would get in over, depending on how it all plays out over over a one. No, loss because Clemson. Oklahoma already beat them though. I know, I, but I don't. They'd have two losses. I'm saying one loss Baylor. If Baylor, I'm saying, what happens if Oklahoma loses and Utah loses? I follow you. And Georgia loses, so the fourth spot's open. What happens then? Does Baylor get in with one loss? They might. Yeah, they might. They might. They probably um, would. But anyway, so style points. So uh, Utah's not beating a top 25 team coming into their Pac-12 title game. This would be the first win if they have beaten Oregon. Uh but their strength of schedule and Oklahoma's strength of schedule are actually almost like, like one's 90th, Utah's 90th, and Oklahoma's 93rd. But Utah's just blowing everybody out in their league. They're winning games by 25 points in the league. I think Oklahoma's like 11 or something. It's weird that Oklahoma's played in close games. What, what league is viewed as better, just RPI-wise? I, uh, I don't know what the no. I think the Pac-12, but yeah. maybe not. I mean, they, they're, to me, they're probably a little similar just in that you got two teams that are kind of near the top. Yeah. I think Oregon's better than Baylor or at least has been viewed as better than Baylor for most of the year. So I think the PAC 12 is better, um, but whatever. I mean, to me, it's, you could flip a coin uh, when it comes to this. I think there's legitimate arguments for Oklahoma. I just think, I do think Utah by the eye test is better by the metrics is a little better by the resume. I think in terms of just who has been beaten by name, you'd go Oklahoma. But like I said, the strength of schedules are about the same, but here's my point on style points. How much you beat a team by is also a reflection of who you're playing. It's the argument people use against Utah. It's like, yeah, they're blowing people out, but their te- the teams aren't as good. In other words, 
if or if Utah beats Oregon in a game that Oregon looks really good in, like let's say it's like 34-31 or and, Her- and Herbert's fucking slicing and dicing. Yeah, now it's going to be raining, but let's say it just is a great game. I know it looks sunny outside right now. And let's say Oklahoma blows Baylor out. Baylor doesn't look good. Like Baylor's throwing it like just to me that doesn't Oklahoma winning a blowout like that and Utah winning a close game like that doesn't guarantee to me that Oklahoma would jump them. Because I do think Utah could make the argument and any human could make the argument. We've been talking about this quarterback as potentially the number one overall pick in the draft. To me, if he looks good and they still beat him, that would be an impressive win. Because again, this guy has been on the tip of everyone's tongue now for 12 months, right? This quarterback. Yeah. That to me is More than that. Yeah, for a while. That's the key. He's got to fucking play well and them to beat him if the game's close. If he just looks meh, because you've watched Oregon enough. You've watched him way more than me, but I've watched him enough. They can just look kind of meh. If they're just looking meh and the game's kind of sloppy, and you're right, it might. it's literally going to be sloppy if it's raining. Now, i got to give Jets some credit. I think they upgraded the uh, turf guy, and they've had a little – the turf's held better. That – Utah then would benefit. Now they run the ball. They're actually sh- they're like the Niners. They do it translate to the wet, right? They'll just run the ball, and play defense. They could actually a, a, a rainstorm could benefit them just to kick the shit out of Herbert. Yeah, it could. I mean, I, the thing is, Oregon has a great offensive line, most experienced offense. They want to run the ball. Like at his heart, Mario Cristobal wants to run but they, the rock. But too. I mean, but Utah's know, a much better run defense. As our guy Schwartz would tell you, and you just watch them. They're running backs in that program are not anywhere of the caliber of what no. they've ever it's been. It's really, and I think it is a credit. I know Herbert takes you some th- flack. You think they got a big guy coming in, like a JC transfer or something? Because they need something. They, Yeah, I mean, they you know, they, they had a JC transfer receiver this year, Juwan Johnson. I think that Michael Pittman's brother, Micah Pittman, these are receivers I'm talking about, are really good. But I think it's a credit to Herbert. They Jacob Breeland was leading the league in touchdowns, leading the country, excuse me, in tight end touchdowns when he got hurt. They've been out without their tight end for several weeks now. He's out. So I think it's a credit to Herbert. They just don't have the skill guys that you would think Oregon would have in terms of just pure talent. So to me, Utah winning this game by double digits, which is and, what I think is going to happen, by the way. So you okay, guys will so know if, if they do that, that, I think they're in. I've if got it's close, and Oklahoma kicks fucking ass. I mean, at the end of the day, the thing that hurts Utah is it's not like a kind of a random team. It's Oklahoma, right? And they have been in the playoffs. Countless times, they have NFL players everywhere. They have probably the most famous coach, young coach in the country besides Sean McVay. Again, they are Oklahoma. <laughs> I could just, it's it's hard to be like, well, they let Oklahoma in, right? It just, it, it, it's, it'd be one yeah. thing if it was, because I think Oklahoma is going to be able to make that argument, like you're putting Utah in over us, right? If you, if you take a step back and put yourself in Oklahoma shoes, you're probably thinking we're better than Utah. And that's what's hard about this, just the way this is set up. They've really kind of avoided, for the most part, the last five or six years, the subjective last guy in. But it's happened now again. And this one, for the first time, because like you brought up, and I had forgotten, Ohio State had two losses. This one is going to be two one When they won the Big Ten and got It's legitimately two one-loss teams that are both clearly really good, had you know one bad loss on their resume, but... SC did go 8-4. and four. They got NFL receivers, and those guys killed them. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. Guy, I bet on Kansas State a couple times a year. They're fucking pretty good. Like, they're better than Texas. Like, they are 
Yeah. They actually lost Texas, but I think they're a top 25 team. Like, they were. They are. They, they went, like, 9-3. and three. That Chris Kleiman guy. Was he Appy State or yeah. oh, North Dakota well, State? Who's Where'd the Appy State guy go to? West Virginia? I think he went to Louisville or, yeah, one of those yeah, places. Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. I think the K-State guy was Who's Wentz's guy. the West Virginia guy, coach? Brown. Right? The K-State guy was Carson Wentz's guy from North Dakota. Yes, that's Cly- Yes, Kleiman. Yeah, so he's just legit. And... It's just going to be a subjective pick. I, I I just think it's going to be pretty polarizing. More so in that, like people around here, but oh, it's cool Utah getting. You know how the way they are in the South, and they you know they just view Utah. And I I do think what Feinbaum said, Troy Troy was the West Virginia guys from Troy does have some validity in the sense that I think people still look at Utah probably closer in Boise State than they do a Pac-12 team even though they've been now on the big stage for a while. Yeah, maybe because when they've seen them on the big stage, that's what they were. When they beat yeah. Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, they were a Mountain West team. Did Utah play any big-time schools, non-conference this year? No. Why is that? Why don't they do that? They, they're they not doing it for like three more years. Why? Their schedule just doesn't have it on there. They just I, – why? I don't. I, but they've added in the future. But right now, it's like that's what – that's been their formula. And maybe partly – I mean, they played Michigan. They've played Michigan a few times. Maybe partly it's Whittingham. Like we just, as they've gotten their talent level up since they transitioned to the Pac-12, they just didn't want to put those games on this. They just wanted to get wins on their schedule. They do have a couple big games coming up in like three years, like I said. But no, it's, they, it's, they, they play BYU every year, right? So that's one of the three. And you'd argue right now. I mean, if they get in, it's hard to argue against it. Like they're in position, right? What if they'd played Auburn week one and lost? They'd be out. They'd be like Oregon. Well, it's the it's the SEC argument. Just play cupcakes and then play your conference schedule. And they and they, they don't they, even play. They do have they, they, you know BYU's been down, but that on given years that can look decent, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like we're gonna play nine. Con- I get it. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against it at this point. But I, I do think it'd be cool to see like Utah play Texas, Utah play sure. fucking Georgia. I mean, they could. He, I don't think he's scared to do it. Right? He's just trying to set himself up as the best chance to. I think so in, in the I, conference. I, I personally don't. Do you know what? You want to hear the middle cop theory of what should be mandated for to make this even? It's pretty simple. Every conference plays nine conference games. It's all uniform. You play three non-conference games. You're mandated to play another Power 5 team. Yep. You're mandated to play another non-Power 5 team, but Division 1. So like so group of five. Fresno State, yeah, the, the MAC, the WAC. The power, you, we all know those teams. The UCFs, the Fresnos, the Boises. But you can even play the Nevadas, Hawaii, whoever. And then you can play your Cal Poly. Yeah. You know, like, why don't you just do that? Why can't I've you actually that? felt like I would eliminate F- the FCS game completely. But okay. if you do that, but no, no, no. But if you do what you just said, I would le- I'm would. i okay leaving the FCS. If you're playing nine conference games and you have to play another power of five and you have to play a group of five, then I'm cool with an FCS Do you think that's too extreme? Sure. No, I think it'd be great for the sport. Yeah. Because then you It'd would be fantastic. You but. would get some of those games instead of, even if it's just like instead of Alabama playing Cal Poly, they're playing Boise. And by they, the way, and they and, wouldn't play and, Boise. But you and know. I would, and John, I think you could. I think what you should do at that point, even though I'm fine with a four-team playoff, I think you expand to eight there. Because what would get hairy is the schedules have gotten tougher, and now you're and now there'd be some really, really good teams with two losses. Yeah, it'd be like there'd be like all of them. Maybe a couple of them. Undefeateds would be much harder to come by. But then if, if you ever expanded to eight, it would just be you have to – the conference champion gets yep. in. Correct. And then, so it's five and, then teams. The other, and then the other three. Yeah. 
and maybe you let maybe you have to say the highest ranked power group of five gets in. I'm not big on that, but whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't make that an automatic, but I think you'd start seeing a group of five team in the mix. Yeah, the right. highest ranked group of five team automatically gets to be in the discussion. <laughs> because what you'd have is you'd have all these group of five teams because it's mandated that the power five teams play them. You'd have all these group of five teams that have played somebody, some big time power five team. Well, think about a team, a team like Boise might be like, well, fuck it. We'll let's play, play three. A, let's play a Florida State and a Texas, and we yeah. can rack up a couple, and then we win. So there, there could be at the end of the year a team like them with a pretty unreal resume. They'd be like eleven and one with two wins against two top fifteen totally. teams, and it'd be like, oh yeah, put them in. And those teams have been getting it, like we've seen, right in the BCS era, where even now you see it, where a group of five team makes it to the New York Six games. I, I also think that we're set up for the opportunity for a great national championship game. We can't lose because I think it's more than likely going to be two of the three teams, right? Ohio State, LSU, and if Clemson upsets one of those teams, I'd have no problem because what would the hype be on that game? You get to see the potential number one overall pick in next year's draft, Trevor Lawrence, playing at Ogeron or Ohio State. In next year's like yeah, next so the, the, the hype not, on that kid. Like we, the next, like 2021. Yeah, but we've been talking about this guy because we just saw him last year. And the only time we ever see him is in the playoffs because no one wants to watch Clemson beat South Carolina by 50. They, they, their games, like I'll at least give Ohio State or LSU or Alabama or Georgia or Utah, like at least some of their games feel kind of like they have a chance to be close. I'm watching Clemson and it's like, there's ETN. He has 120 yards. They're seven minutes into the game. You're like, this is a joke. And I, I understand Dabble gets mad at it, and it's not his fault. It is not his fault that Florida State sucks and that Miami sucks. Like, it's, just, it's just not. And If you could ask him, he probably wishes those teams were better, so he'd have to stop talking about it. But that is the case. His conference, like the ACC to me, is clearly the worst Power well, 5 conference, right? John, what conference is Texas A&M in? Like, to Clemson's credit, they Texas A&M is in the SEC. They played them this year. The SEC West? At home. They did a home and home with them. So they tried. Like, I don't blame them. I'm with you. I don't blame them. And people yeah. talk about – here's the other thing. People talk about their North Carolina game like they lost it. They won it. Remember the crazy game where North Carolina ran that option to the short side of the I field? I also think people freak out too much about good teams in college or pro that have a close game. Like I this, agree. This is this is like what Pat Hill used to get so mad at. Like these fucking media people, and I'm now I'm talking to us. Like understand. Like this shit is hard. And you, yeah. you know, you calling out Pat Hill at the end of a Hawaii game because we were up fucking thirty and they came back. <laughs> That's true. Happened. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think we are set up for a great national championship. By the way, if you're listening to this on Saturday and you know what happened Friday night and Oregon won, I do think what's interesting is you got Herbert, who feels like he's lost a little momentum for the draft this year. He plays Utah. That's a great defense. And then if Utah wins and goes to the CFP or if Oregon wins, you'll have Herbert against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, I, I think With the a great best defense. Case, yeah, I, I think it's... Best case, obviously, for that league. but uh, That's a pretty good Rose Bowl, Wisconsin, Oregon. Yeah, it would be. But anyway, go uh, Saturday morning, man. It starts. Pumped can't, about it. Can't wait. Uh, before we move on, John, let's tell the people that this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com. We appreciate your patronage of uh, Ease. You guys have been supporting, and they support the pod, so thank you. Uh, 
promo code ham if you're new to it go do it if you're not new to it use somebody else's email or share it with a friend after being a professional vacationer for a week way too long <laughs> Uh, you know, I, 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 I plan on kind start, of professional. I mean, you worked the entire time. Start, you did starting, podcast every day, starting to be a, uh, a, uh, starting tonight at five o'clock. I, I might just, me and ease might just bundle up and just have a 48 hour run of mm. just intaking football and ordering food from and ordering food. It's raining. Yeah. I mean, just the problem is the last couple days, because I came home pretty empty handed, I've ordered DoorDash. So maybe I need to go get it because you save yourself about 50% of the cost. You're saying because you did not win any of your golf matches while you're in Hawaii. Well, and I just, I hadn't gone to the store yet. There's nothing in my fridge. I don't feel like going to the store. It's just, I, I just need, I needed to eat. But my friends at ease.com, promo code ham, pre-rolls, vapes, uppers, downers. They got it all. Big fan. We'll plan on using here for the next 48 hours and just watching football and hopefully Tiger Woods somehow figure out a way to win this Hero Championship. And yeah, just me and my friends at Ease, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, Ease.com, promo code HAM, EaseWellness.com, CBD, promo code HAM. Yep. The Ease.com is deliveries within, I mean, hours, fast. Uh, so guys, sometimes like 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. And the uh, Ease Wellness's uh, drop shipment sets the CBD two to three business days. Podcast also brought to you by SeatGeek. Holiday season, John, what better gift than giving somebody an experience? You know, they say millennials today, we all want experiences. We all want things. We want experiences. Well, SeatGeek promo code HAM gets you 10 bucks off a sweet experience. Doesn't everyone want experiences? I love my friends at SeatGeek, though. Download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM, $10 off. If you're listening to this in yeah, time. I want, yeah, I want the experience of driving a Mercedes. That's what I want. That's the experience I'm looking for, middle call. You know, the problem is, do you, you know, the Mercedes oils change is like $1,000. Yes, Mercedes, I've, I've heard you, that. Do you know that Mercedes, like uh, the registration, unlike my mom got one, is like 1500 She just hates Oof. the car. It's Oof. like, this is stupid. It right, not a Benzo. Not a Benzino, then. Maybe a uh, Lexus or an Acura. I don't know. So, SeatGeek, download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. Basketball games, college basketball games, NBA games, NFL games. You want to go to an NFL playoff game. You want to go to watch college football. You want to go to the national cha- – where is the national championship this year? Miami? Arizona? Uh, it's not Cotton Arizona. Bowl? It's not – no, it's not the Cotton. Well, if you – you know, you're I think Utah it's in fan. the South. I think it's like Atlanta. Yeah, it might be. Uh, just SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. Promo code HAM. Love my friends at SeatGeek. Love the app. So easy Big green use. dots. So easy to use. Comedy guy. How about that? Comedy. You can go watch musicians. Anything. New Orleans. You name it, they got it. New Orleans hosts the national championship this year. Do you think they'd be a home crowd for LSU? My question is, like, are the Saints playing a home playoff game that week? It's this. It's like the seventh, I think, of January. No, because they'd have a bye. Because the last yeah. week. You think last Drew, week is the you think Drew Brees would be on the sideline? Coin toss. You know who I don't would think be? I don't Michael. think Lo, I don't think Low Neal and Purdue are in the game. I don't either. Michael Thomas because he played Ohio State. If it's Ohio State LSU, yeah. Everybody played Ohio State. <laughs> Marcus Lattimore. They got a lot of Ohio State guys. Uh, all right, John Raiders. Raiders Titans. Raiders are six and six. Four games left. Titans come to town with Tanny Hill, former uh, wide receiver. Texas A&M under DeRuiter. Tim DeRuiter. Yeah, I mean, if the Raiders want any hope of, this is not a playoff comment, of convincing 
people in Las Vegas that they're got a team coming in that's making some progress. They got to they got to win like three of these last four games. I know that's probably not what everyone's thinking about if you're a Raider fan, just trying desperately to keep your math alive for the postseason. But, like, imagine if they lose to Tennessee this week, and Tennessee's been playing great, and it looks like the last two weeks. Now, they are at home, but, I mean, it's how do you convince anybody you've made progress this year? Oh, the win number is up. Yeah, but it hasn't. You know, this this kind of determines how we look at Do you feel like they've made as much progress as the wins-loss look? I I don't, because they look to me like a very similar team. Um, offensively, at times, they've been much better, right? Well, but a huge part of that was just the running back. So, yeah, the running back's really good. Their running game's been good with Josh Jacobs. When you subtract Josh Jacobs, they've been bad. Here's the other elephant in the room, guy. Are we sure that Derek Carr, like, does he need to play well down the stretch to maintain his ability to go? That's the other, like, part of making, how's their progress if you have a fucking new quarterback next year? That's, to me, that's the elephant in the room. If he keeps playing like he did the last couple weeks, Tennessee's defense is good. Their fucking running game's good. Like, this has a chance to be a blowout, I feel. Because when the Raiders lose, they get blown out. Uh, Yeah, I I think the only way it's a blowout is if he turns the football over. When I say a blowout, I'm talking, you know, double digits. You know, not like 30 points. So, like, 14 points. Because I think the Titans can just, they just went on the road to Indy and beat the shit out of them. It actually, I was watching the highlights of that game. Let me rephrase that. They didn't beat the shit out of them. It was a 17-17 with six minutes left. They blocked a field goal, returned it for a touchdown, and then I think got the ball back. Scored. They scored 14 points in the last like six minutes of the game. So it really wasn't a blowout. But they're really they're just a tough physical team. I I just do you think Gruden's waning a little bit on Derek? Like because I, I had someone tweet at me like. Look at his body language when Derek fucks up. It's not... I, I know he says... He made some comments after the Chiefs game. Like, I think Derek's just going through a little rut. He can be a great player. It almost feels like he's just reiterating the same bullshit just to say it because he doesn't want to go down the rabbit hole of defending, you know, the quarterback or whatever. Does feel like he's not that big of a fan right now. Honey Badger made some comments that I know Tafer tweeted about. Yeah, what... I feel like Honey said stuff like this before. Yeah, that they knew the routes. On, you know, he's like, he doesn't like to take deep shots, but when he does, we knew the route combinations. Someone's like, well, that's kind of a reflection on Gruden. And I saw Jim Murray, someone from NFL Radio tweeted out. He's like, the one thing Derek needs to do a better job of, like, is manipulate offense. So when you see that the Honey Badger has flipped his hips and is headed toward where you want to throw the ball – this is a cerebral chess match position. This isn't just like, I'm going to get it there before he gets there. No, Derek, you're in year six or seven. I, I can never figure out what year Derek's in. He's been in the league for a while. This is starter. This like, is six. He, he just gets picked off and picks sixes like an average quarterback does. I, I, I went from thinking he was a kind of a borderline lock to now I just think everything's on the table if they just win one of these last three games. You look at this game, could easily be a loss. I think that Denver team that's 4-8, and eight, their point differential is way better than the Raiders. They're clearly playing a lot better. They're in a bunch of tight games. Now, Drew Locke is a wild card. The Chargers and the Jaguars might quit. So you better win one of those two games, if not both, right? And the Raiders are just not talented to just know you're going to win games. See, Josh Jacobs is like shoulders fucked up and he's playing through it. You know, if they, if they kind of get pushed around this weekend, which mm. the Titans are better. I, I think we all acknowledge that. But 
you know, the Raiders, when they were playing well, they were just kind of hanging with teams, right? On effort, on just making big plays, on controlling the clock, on Derek Hitt and Darren Waller. It doesn't quite feel like they're doing that right now, the last couple. I mean, guy, it to me, it's hard to take them seriously after they got their ass kicked by the Jets. Because then it was like, oh, maybe the Jets just kind of got their mojo back. And two weeks later, they lose to the Bengals. It's like, oh, they game-winning field goal or something by the Bengals? <laughs> no. no, the, the Bengals <laughs> blew them out. Blew them out. Yeah. Meanwhile, the <coughs> excuse me the uh, the Titans have not just been winning, but they've been winning huge games, right? They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Jags. Okay, whatever Jags. Then they go on the road and beat the Colts. But they the, the Jags game though they legitimately killed them. They That's were up. True. I remember like twenty eight to six in like the second quarter. It was and obviously the Chiefs didn't have Mahomes that day. But remember, there was a moment like three years ago before he tore his ACL when they were like eight and two. They ended up still making the playoffs, but because of Matt Moore was like, Tannehill's really playing really well. And Miami was good. It, it, it was Tannehill just one of those guys like a, like a more athletic Bradford where you're just like, well, if he ever could have just stayed healthy, he might. He clearly had, like he, he clearly is an NFL starting quarterback, right? Who just has had these terrible, I guess that year, remember, he tears his knee and then he refuses to get surgery because they're like, it'll heal on its own. And then remember during like training camp, then it finally pops. It was like, oh, this is a disaster. So maybe he just made a wrong medical decision, but it was always one of those what could have been. And there are a lot, like, there's no what could have been with Jameis, right? Jameis, he just, like, turns the ball over a lot. He's got every opportunity. What could have been with Derek? No, Derek's been fucking starting for, you know, 16 games times six. Like, you do the math. He's got a lot of chances. Like, Tannehill, it's like, well, he's towards ACL, and he's on the Dolphins. They fired the coach. And there's been some of that with Derek. I actually think Derek's just kind of developed habits that when you're with a shitty organization that you've had all these different coaches yeah. happen. Yeah. I what do you think about what do you think about Del Rio getting a little edgy with fans? We told everybody check the resume when I when we were there. Look was what that, happened. Was before that a I was shot there. at John? Look what happened after I'm gone. Was that a shot? <laughs> he, he's not totally wrong, right? Like, he wasn't, like, relative to what the Raiders were, his no. little run was not as ugly as I think Raider fans want to act like it was. Do they want to act like it was ugly? I think the last year kind of got away from him. Yeah. The last, think, year, the last think, year was legitimately, something was weird. I think it gets forgotten. Yeah, you're right. But I think it gets forgotten what it, what it looked like they were trending towards before Derek got Well, I got, one, I got one for you. He keeps tweeting this out, and he won't say it. So I'll fucking say it for him. He gets a lot of shit for you. Why'd you fire Musgrave? Why'd you fire Musgrave? And he won't say it. And he's kind of being, in Jack's weird way, a little classy about it. It's because the quarterback wanted Todd Downing. And Todd Downing was going to get a job. Or at least they made the owner feel that way. And they fired Musgrave because the quarterback wanted him to be the offensive coordinator. You don't see Derek, when Derek's taking shots at Jack, like, Jack, I thought we were a team. Well, Derek... You're the you never acknowledge. Yeah, I wanted fucking Musgrave gone, because that I would say that's the one blemish on Jack's resume. It's like, why'd you get rid of Musgrave? Right. He the quarterback wanted him gone. That's that's the elephant in the room here. And when you when you listen to young quarterbacks, for the most part, I don't give a fuck what you think, Derek. Just like same with Baker. I don't care that you like Freddie. You're gonna play with this guy. It works. And one thing's been clear: they never should have listened to Derek. Like that's kind of been proven, right? And now Derek has zero juice. No one would listen to him. Like, he has no pull over who's going to be coaches. Like, he's trending of, if the Raiders, let's say, cut him this offseason, 
is he ever sniffing twenty million dollar year contract for a while? Like how, what, what would he get 20, on no. the open? What would he get on the open market? I what did Alex get when he was a free? Was it like fifteen? From who? Or maybe it wasn't a free when when did the Chiefs gave him his money? How much did the Chiefs give him? It was like fourteen and a half or fifteen? Yeah, but that that would probably be the equivalent of like twenty one now. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. So. I, no, I don't I, think no. he'd get Alex Smith money. Do you? Chiefs liked him. No, no, yeah, I know. I'm just asking that as the as kind of the baseline of a quarterback because he hasn't been as good as Alex um, was that year. But uh, I, I got one for you. Th- I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. How many games has Derek had in like big situations, prime time, that looked better than what we saw with Mitch last night? And I'm not saying Mitch is a better player, but Mitch, but Mitch looked really good. Like that looked really good, though. But they I'm just saying, like, does Derek time. even have that in the bag anymore? Well, I don't know, but I think you could easily, in a world where just quarterbacks that you had high on your draft board just don't come available that much. But that high in the draft board now, we'd be seven years removed this offseason. I understand. I'm just saying, like, how many got? When do those guys pop up? Guys, I'm not saying he's players. not getting a chance or anything, guy. I'm just saying, you think he's like, is he getting like a one-year, ten million dollar flyer type? I think more than that, because we how much we talk, We asked this before. How much did Brian Hoyer just get? Yeah, remember when uh, Glennon didn't the Cardinals give Glennon twenty million? Yeah, like thirteen the Bear, guaranteed the Bears or whatever. Did. Oh, Bradford got twenty. Yeah, you're right. So, but there aren't I, as I many as those teams out there. To me, the question that's true. That's true. I think the question with the Raiders is, do you need somebody else on your team? Has Derek been so – are you so frustrated with him that you're going to cut him without even another, a better option? And the answer to that, I think, is no. I don't think he's been bad enough that you would cut him without another option. And would you cut him if you draft a guy? I don't think so, unless yeah. you're drafting in the – you know, unless it's a guy you take in the top 15 picks. Like Tua. Right. Uh, and would you do it – like, see, I just – I also think – Say what you want about how good he's been. He is just a pop. He's just a people know who he is. And you're moving to a new place. And you just, you need people who people know who they are when you move to Las Vegas. You got to put somebody's jersey on the rack. Like, you got to hype somebody up. I don't know. What I, if what if they didn't re-sign Phillip Rivers and he was just available and you could just sign him and cut they, Derek? Yeah. Would John, would John do that? Uh, I think so, yes. I think one million percent. So, but right? would that? Would that? I'm even not even happen? saying it would be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like if Philip Rivers became available, isn't it safe to say the Raiders would immediately be interested? Yeah. When you just factor an older player, John fucking has to have a football Woody for him just over the years of calling his games. Would, would, would you keep Derek and do what no. the Titans did this year? To me, if they bring a guy of Phillips ilk, no, 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 no. I was about to say Marcus Mariota. Is Marcus Mariota good? Like Derek's Well, better. I don't uh, Yeah, You're I just think saying, so, too. Like, yeah, well, Gruden has no problem bringing in the Kaisers, Glennis. Yeah, he would do that. Like, to me, what happened to Marcus, Marcus is about to be in position. Like, somebody with a – well, I shouldn't say that. Somebody with a really good quarterback might sign Marcus, right? Because he'd be – he's like a high-level guy. Everyone loves him. W- would he be this backup for Russell Wilson? Would they – Put that it much not, money toward it a backup might, quarterback. Yeah, it might not be worth putting that much money in the backup quarterback. But well, how mu- how much money is Marcus Mariota going to get this offseason? Is he going to get backup money, like good backup money? You know, like two years, six, seven a year. Uh, or is he getting more than that? I think it, no. I, I don't. I think it's. I don't think it's more. Than, I think like it might be one year, one year five, seven, one year five. Yeah. Wouldn't one you year recommend? Six. 
Like, hey, man. If Which Andy, I would do if I'm him. If do the Andy, Teddy thing. If, if Andy calls you, take oh. that money, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he can resurrect your career. Because Patrick Mahomes, we, are we going to look back and, like, Patrick Mahomes just misses a game or two every few years? I mean, I think it was a little freaky this year. But, yeah, he plays a little reckless. I'm just saying, like, if Sean Payton or Andy Reid call you or, or Josh McDaniels, like, Marcus, don't just – you've already made a lot. Like, be a little strategic with this. These guys can save your life, your football life. And I think sometimes you see those guys make the wrong decision. Like, they'll go – Let's say the equivalent of like he can go to the I know the team's not looking for a quarterback, but they have like the last five years like the Arizona Cardinals for like fifteen million instead of taking Sean Payton six million. Like just take a little less off the top to get it more. Do you like want my- give, Ryan Tannehill? Kind of it was a double win. He went to a team that was actually pretty solid and a quarterback that was on the fence. But the coach and I actually think Vrabel's kind of proven to be like Vrabel knows what he's fucking doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't just. You're not the team captain for Belichick in the heyday of their first three Super Bowls. You're Brady's guy without just like, yeah, he's got some slap tendencies. No. That guy was team captain at Ohio State. Then Urban Meyer made him a coach immediately. Like, you know what turns out? Mike Vrabel's a high-level SOB. And I think Derek's. Sweet. So I think Derek's talented enough that he's not going to be in that position anytime soon, even if he's not on the Raiders. But, Guy, there just aren't that many open quarterback positions right well, now. Well, I know. But there's always a few teams that say, we just need somebody to come be our starter. And well, I I'll give you one. What, what if, like, the Giants fire Pat and get Ron Rivera and Ron's like, I don't really like Daniel Jones. Let's give Derek Carr two years, $20 million or something, right? To me, you got Gettleman's got to be fired, too, to pull that one off. Oh, because why would he want someone to come and compete with Daniel Jones? Yeah. But maybe Ron's just like, let's just trade this guy Josh Rosen style. But the problem is you they got a second for Josh Rosen, they would not get a second right now for Daniel Jones, would they? <laughs> uh I don't know. All it takes is one team that liked them and then goes like that's a fucked up situation. Well, yeah, they just took him six, so I'll trade them pick six. Well, yeah, we would have taken him fifteen or yeah. twenty two. Um You're right. That's fair. Here's my here two years from now, Marcus goes to the Chiefs. Two years from now, Bienemy becomes a head coach. Gives Marcus like seventeen million dollars. Kind of like Foles with Doug. Type Correct. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I, I could I could see that. Because someone um, asked him like Rivera, like could you see a Cam and Ron reunion? And he kind of laughed. He's like, you know, I. I don't want Cam to not be. I hope he just gets healthy. Good answer. Because Ron had a good point. He's like, when Cam's been healthy, we won. When he hasn't, we were in trouble. Do you give the Raiders credit for a well-played game that they lose? Like Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs just both pounding the rock, and it's like, you know. I would, looking back on it. In the rain. If it turns into a couple more wins, like if they can get to 8-8 and because then they beat the Chargers, beat the Jacksonville. But if then they lose the next week to Jacksonville, to Gardner Minshew, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, it eventually has to start meaning something. Yeah. Like, your 6-6 six and six was cool in theory because it was like, oh, Derek's got a humming. But then you kind of dive in. You're like, well, actually, he's not playing very well. He looked terrible against Kansas City again. The team's not that great. It doesn't feel like they made that much progress. How, who's going to go to these games in Vegas to watch a shitty team? Like, part of going to Vegas, you got to be good slash at least entertaining. Be a little box office. And it ain't box office right now at all. No, well, to me, but you got to be box office if you're not great, right? Being just, just be really good. But at this point, what do you say? Like we got Josh Jacobs and that 
our Abram, he'll be coming back and he'll be ready to roll. And but like Josh Jacobs doesn't even like doing media stuff, so it's not like you can really throw him out to be the. Face but of I mean, it's like, but no, I know. But if he turns out to be a top three NFL running back, then everyone's fine with that. It helps. But of all the players that you can have as like a top three player, like Saquon Barkley was immediately like the best player in the league, and it doesn't mean anything. And is good with media. Yeah, but they're terrible. I mean, Barry Sanders, one of the greatest players in the history of the league, made the playoffs, I think, one time. They were terrible. Yeah. You're right. But you'd say the history of recent memory, the Raiders just have been terrible. Yeah. All right, let's get some headlines, John. Well, actually, we got like multiple sport headlines. Uh, as, we're, as we're doing this podcast, Tiger's out there. He's tied for, like, he's in fucking second place right now, guy. I, so I told you this the other day. You like tweeted a video of Tiger. How, today's Friday. It How was, long has this tournament been going on? Well, they... <laughs> The practice round was Monday and Tuesday. Okay. The the tournament kicked. This is actually Saturday. Gotcha. So I it think that Saturday. even golf acknowledges we don't fuck with the NFL. Yeah. Smart. So they they the first round was this is moving day. This is Friday, but it's actually Saturday. So Saturday is, is Sunday, the last yeah. is the fourth round. They're like, okay. yeah, we'll take our chance against the Mountain West Championship. Because <laughs> you tweeted a video of Tiger hitting like a three wood, sticking it on the green. And I, I like when I saw fifty straight into the air. When I saw the video, I thought it like my, I watched the whole thing and thought that was a cool video of Tiger from fifteen years ago. Yeah, and then I realized that's from that was from this week from the practice round on mock turtlenecks. I'm like, oh, that must be old, but it's back. Hey, he's back. He said, Joey, I lost it. Joey, help me out, Joey. Joey's like, you're good, bro. So it's a lot of pressure on the caddy. I, like, I think one thing's clear with the guy. Is that when it's warm and they're playing the Bahamas right now, in any of the tournaments that are going to be warm where he can sweat, meaning that you can get looser, he's going to have a he's going to have a chance. Because when you say just this, like this is pretty impressive. I look up, it's Justin Thomas, Gary Woodland, like Gary Woodland fucking won the U.S. Open. You and I went to, you know, Patrick Reed, like the best players. Henrik Stenson's like hitting balls from like 180 yards into the hole. This and Tiger's just going toe to toe with them. He cannot play in the cold. He's Derek Carr, but accomplished. <laughs> because it's bad. I think he just gets tight. Well, there's no I think. I mean, he, he said it going into Pebble. Like, when it's cold and when it's wet, too. But when it's cold, it, he just can't get his body going. So, he think has, about he it. He has said it. So, yes. it's, like, it's, so Augusta it's is always pretty warm late April, right? He's going to be good there. And he's just comfortable there. Depend, like the, part of the problem with Pebble was it's, just, it's not a warm place. I'd have to look where they're playing the U.S. Open this year. To me, if it's anywhere in the Midwest, he's okay because it gets humid and hot. And remember, they pushed the U.S. Open back, right, because they play the PGA Championship right after the Masters. Wingfoot. That is where? New York. Yeah, but I mean, last year, the, the fucking place they played the PGA Championship was ice cold, remember? How windy it was where... Beth Page uh, Black? Yeah, where Kepka won it. He didn't even make the cut there. It wasn't ice cold, but it was definitely windy and kind of chilly. It wasn't as humid as it is. But New York can be humid. It's just kind of hit or miss sometimes in the Northeast. So I'd say, yeah, maybe. Remember, that's where Phil hit it out of bounds. Uh, that doesn't narrow it down. Uh, on 18 to win the US Open oh, yeah, like seven yeah. years, 18 years ago. <laughs> I said that, and then I, when I was playing golf, we were talking about Tyler Raber. He's like, actually, he he the out of, he, he went into like a, a sponsor tent, which was technically out of bounds. Gotcha. It was that, that bad of a shot. It's better when you say it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I, you know, the, the I think moving on, wouldn't you say that it, the wherever they play the, I know it's called call it the Open Championship, not the British Open, but, but right. regardless, 
that is not going to be his cup of tea moving forward because that is consistently cold, right? It's like, yeah, it's it's going to be a light day today, guys. Light rain, 40-mile-an-hour winds. It's like, ugh. That is not going to be his thing. Well, PGA So he's probably champion. done on the Opens. It's just going to be Augusta and then potentially the PGA or the U.S., depending on where they're playing. Well, well the PGA this year is in San Francisco, so it could easily be I would no say that's, sun, not, that's not a good place for The him. day we played it, it was chilly, right? I mean, I not would say, cold, but... I would say that's a bad environment with the mist, yeah. and it's just... And the other thing is that course is going to be relatively easy. The younger guys, I think, are going to feast on it. Now, obviously, they're going to make it harder, like when you close your eyes, do you see him winning at Harding Park? No, but you could argue the the courses that aren't really long, although they're gonna, like you said, they're gonna make some of those holes and longer. It, and it, but it, with the with the wind, with the mist, it just plays longer. Yeah, just on temperature alone. It's. I had a buddy text me today. He's like, "When are we golfing?" And I said, "My answer was, when is it gonna be seventy eight again?" Because I'll tell you one thing, I'm not good enough. I really like golf. I don't love playing golf enough that it's just like, no matter the weather, no matter the temperature, I'm out there. I just I. Because I'm bad as it is, I suck if it's cold and rainy. Well, you can't hit it anywhere. So it's just I can't. I don't do it. It's, well, you notice like the pros don't like doing it. It's not a fun, cold sport. It's like To me, I view golf like baseball. It's meant for the sun. You're supposed to sweat. Paid. I got to pay. That's true, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do think that it's one of the most remarkable comebacks of like clearly he won the masters nap last year you saw him win that title a couple years ago at the tour championship he's like it was it was so hot he's playing he's good in the heat like he to me heat he can win any fucking tournament which is cool like that's i think the pga championship we'll sign up for that i'd honestly maybe start building a couple of these tournaments because he's only got maybe three or four years left at this mm. level let's let's start putting some of these tournaments in the heat i like this only in hot <laughs> weather for tiger yeah that's let's just idea. you know let's cut out pebble and let's go to tory played in a biodome that's a great idea uh tim ryan john you hear about this story i did yeah not funny but well i mean it's just it's it's uh it's just out of left like i'm just sitting here one day i i think it was after we recorded the podcast on uh Monday, or was it Wednesday? It must have been Wednesday. Tim Ryan it? suspended. I'm like, for what? Because nobody. It wasn't even. It had been like two days, right? His comments about Lamar Jackson had just like kind of sat. I don't think anyone. I didn't know about him. I didn't either. So he gets suspended, and then uh, there's the article in the Chronicle, and Harry Edwards explains why he thinks it's a problematic comment, and then a lot of the Niners have it. Like, my thought, I think I texted you this, like, all he really needs is Richard, specifically Richard Sherman, because Richard, I think people just really respect what Richard has to say about generally any topic that comes up. Yeah. If Richard comes out and has his back, I think he'll be okay. And 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 then Fred Warner came out and said, everybody behind, everybody here has his back. Richard said that. And I think Richard, I don't know, I'm sure you saw Richard, for people that are listening. I thought he was great. He's like, look, I... I think there's no question the the way he said it, you could probably say it better. We know who he is and whatever. We don't have a big issue with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I first saw the story, I'm like, God, he might get fired. And then once you listen to it and then you hear the players, then you go, yeah, there's no way he's getting fired. I also think, like, listen, it's clear he just said something stupid and he got suspended for it. It's just what I've been wondering about, like, let's say everyone that's offended – I've been thinking about just the the premise of being offended. What does that mean when, when you get offended? Like, do you like are not able to eat, or are you just you get really mad? Like, stare at the wall. 
Like, I, I get if you're a black person, you're like, that was racist. Like, yeah. But, like, a white person, like, what? Why do I care what you think? You know? I, I, I You know, and this is just a bigger picture. Like, we saw the thing with Peloton. Like, to, on the, I'm not defending this at all. It's just stupid. You just should not say this. He got suspended, deserves it, whatever. But it's over. Like, it's he'll come back, whatever. The players aren't offended. Like, literally, the fucking star player who's black... Said like, yeah, he there was validity to what he said. Like you said, just he shouldn't use those, shouldn't use the word black skinned. But like, where does it like all dark, these dark people, skin, dark football is what he said. I, I just I I don't know. We're at the point of like the Peloton thing, for example. So, yeah, go ahead. they got did they got get mad that. because it was like fat shaming a chick that actually wasn't so, fat? Was that I don't why even, people were mad? Here's one for you, John, because I saw this one the other day, uh, a different one that I'll get to. I don't actually think that's even a real thing. Like, I know Twitter tells you that's a real controversy. But it was because they lost a bunch of money. It, like, did create some controversy. But but only because the people who... It lost them money because people are afraid of a thing that isn't something to be afraid of, right? Like, to me, the only take on that commercial is that commercial's dumb as shit. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, in a funny way. The commercial doesn't make sense. Why would they sit down and watch a video? Sh- I, I don't even get it. But the idea that it's offensive... To me, is crazy. Did I watch the right one? He like got her for Christmas, and then a year yes, later, she watched, loved it. Yes, but she makes a video that they watch together of her talking to the camera. Yeah, like one morning she wakes up kind of tired, and she like gets herself on the bike. Yeah, that like. But that what is were people one, mad about that they were like fat shaming a woman? I don't. I don't even. I. I honestly. But she wasn't fat. No, it wasn't fat. It wasn't about fat shaming. It wasn't about. It was about pressuring women to work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think that one was real. Like I, but it happened. It did happen. To your point, it happened. Like tangible money got lost. Um, the other one, actually, if you were, watch Wolf of Wall Street with McConaughey, it's all kind of fake money unless you cash out. <laughs> so he's like, the actually the only people getting money are us taking the commissions. No one fucking whether they lose money or make money, the money just sits there. It's fake. I saw a story the other day, internet outraged over uh, uh, like figure skater wore like a costume that was a Holocaust, like, you know, like the stripe thing with the Star of David. It's like a Holocaust uniform. It was outrageous. But the story was Internet's outraged. And my whole thing was, the story isn't that the that people are outraged. The story is that somebody did something that is in bad taste. That's the story. Wait, what did right? you, she was Jewish? It chick? was a dude. No, no, no. It's a dude who's an ice skater, and his costume, for whatever reason, was like a Holocaust costume. Not Jewish. I don't I doubt it I seriously doubt it that would but it's it just yeah. it's just like in bad taste right but the story is not the internet's outraged that's that's to me is not the story in that situation the act is always the story and then let's really evaluate what's happening here anyway I'm a little off track but uh the my point is that there are offending people is just as a basic tenet like it's not bad you but you can't make every decision about everything all the time about whether or not people are offended. Now that said, like Harry Edwards, right? Harry Edwards had some really, as you would expect, thoughtful comments on Tim Ryan. And he said, the, there, there is a reason why this is problematic. The idea that a black quarterback would have some advantage at a position where all anyone's talked about for years is how these guys, how they don't get opportunities to be quarterbacks and aren't thought of like quarterbacks. Um, but when Richard Sherman comes out and says, look, that that is an issue, then... Uh, it seems like to me it kind of ends it. Yeah, I, I think it. He ended the story. 
Yeah, I, I've just come to grips. I, I mean, I've thought about it well before. But these stories kind of pop up every day. It feels like they're only getting stronger because I think people use like internet reaction now to base stories off of, right? People are freaking yeah. out over something this guy said uh, based on tweets. Like to me, if you wanted to say the USC fan base is mad that Clay Helton was retained, I don't need to check Twitter. Like, yeah, that's not going to go over well. Or like, like I guess every time the Redskins tweet out something, the ratio is just a debacle. You're like, yeah, Redskins fans aren't happy. Yeah, I don't need Twitter to see. But if you tell me like, and I think this is about Tim Ryan, one thing that I think he benefits from in the sense of, Football's unique. They're like, let's say this was the Warriors. Like you see, and this is a bad year because no one's watching, but just typically like Fitz and Barnett or whatever. You know, like anyone, if they saw Jim Barnett walking down the street, if you're a Warriors fan, you're going to know who he is. I don't think most Niner fans know who Tim Ryan, I mean, they they might know that name, but they might not be able to point him out of the lineup because again, he's kind of like out of, he's a radio guy. Most people aren't listening. This this story actually might've been bigger like, if he had been the equivalent, like, still calling games on Fox, like a television. Like, he does national, like, he had done that game for Fox, right? He might have lost yeah. a job or something. I think he actually, even though... If he had said he, it, like, during the broadcast, you mean? I actually heard he did. That's how someone got tipped off, and then he said it again. Oh, I gotcha. Then he said it again. But I just mean, like, let's say he had done the game and then gone on with Murph and Mac just as the guy, the Fox guy that did the game and said that, and it would have been the same story, but he would have been a natural Fox guy on television. It might have, without, like, without having players to come to his back, right, because they don't know him like this, it, it just might, th- it might have been different. My thought when I heard the quote initially was, I bet someone told him that, like on the team plane or in the week of preparation as they're watching film. No, I just, I, I just think when you look, like one of the things they have going for them, I never thought black, but I just, it's just hard to see the football, right? It's just, just in the nature of how fast they are at it. You don't know where the ball is. But I, wouldn't you say that's always kind of the nature of the zone read? Like when you're watching a team that's good at it, you don't, same with an option. That's the hard part about playing an army. Who the fuck's he giving it to? And that's where I think the notion of why he got in trouble. Like, yeah, I've seen a lot of white quarterbacks be good at this too. It's it's hard to see the ball because when that offense is run well, it's just the ball's kind of hidden. But again, I think the, the why they that's was, that's a good point, right? If 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 Lamar Jackson was white, would he have fewer yards rushing? Yeah, probably not. I don't think so. Probably not. Because because like the ball gets him. Yeah. Like, my thought was, like, like yeah. I just, I, I just. I know, I know, but that's. I'm, I'm exhausted from the. I know you are. Crowd. I know you are. And so am I. And so that's what's dangerous, too, is like, not dangerous, but, but there are things to be legitimately offended about and things that are dumb and everyone's afraid to tell everybody which ones are legit. And I don't even know. This one to me, like, I actually get it, but it's, there's degrees to everything. Like the Peloton one. I don't even want to have this in the same category. Well, to me, the Peloton one is why people like me laugh at offended people. Like, I, I, because I, I lump them all kind of together. Where it's like, are you, like, there are things that are said, like, yeah, that's racist. Well, here's, you know, like, here's that's, part of it. Now, you know, there are things that are said that are just like, you know, that have been said over the years of whoever get in trouble. Like, I'm sorry, you try to add racial stuff to what Bill Polian said. I, I don't take you at face value. He has a long resume of drafting players at all different positions. Like, I don't even give a fuck. Like, I, I think you're a clown. But if you say, like, someone says a racist comment, 
like Donald Sterling. Like, that's not offensive. That's racist. You know, that's like right. offending someone is being like, you know, John, that's those genes don't look good. Or no, it could be anything. But I, offending so, means nothing. It doesn't have any tangible value. Like, racism does to me. Yeah, I mean, yes. I I think it's... I, I do think just because something doesn't exist like in a physical form, like there is just like some basic tenets to society, to like a yeah, society. Yeah, I'm saying that there are things like people. being a dick to someone or something. Because so, like, some so things are going to offend some people and some things aren't. Right. So, But what I'm saying is I think that when something is said and the question is, is it offensive? Let's ask the people who the thing was said about if they're offended by it. And sometimes it's hard because usually... Uh, because sometimes those people are such a minority group that it's hard for their voice to get out, right? Like the conversation about, like I, I've heard people say, I've thought uh, Cleveland Indians was a bad name since 1980. Uh, Keith Olbermann was the one who said, I, I've, I've thought Redskins was a bad name since 1982 or something like that. That conversation didn't really start until in my consciousness, now part of it was I just started doing sports talk in these years, but like 2012, 2013, 2014. Actually, but, sorry. But then you that. see, then you 2009, see 2009, 2010. Then you see the Indians polled and they didn't, they weren't offended. So it's like, what do yeah, I even and believe? Again, I, I don't, I, I say the same thing about that one all the time. I don't know how many people have been polled. I think it's totally reasonable to, for somebody to be offended by that. And I, I think, think it's that's totally reasonable. reasonable to and I agree. And I think it's totally reasonable for people to not even think twice about it and not be offended. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's not the, to me, it's not the white guy's choice on that one. Yeah. My, my thing is I, I've lost credibility for Keith Olbermann when I've watched him. But over it's not about, it's not, I, about I know Keith. I, I'm Don't just make saying it about like, Keith. I'm just saying when you pull 150 people or however, 400 people, it's like, even if the minority says that's offensive, that one's legitimate. Well, he, he, I, he, I don't need the majority. I don't need the majority to tell me that one's offensive. Well, he, here's the reality though. It's I, reasonable I, to be offended. By I that think one, the big I picture believe. stuff, most people, the majority of humans they're not worried about being offended or not being offended. You know what they're worried about? Like getting their kids to school, about fucking getting to work, about just living life and just trying to progress, you know, doing whatever they're doing that day, that week, you know, go. they're worried about fucking getting their kids to the daycare, you know, making sure they got fucking money to pay the rent. Like most people aren't even thinking in that vernacular. That's another thing. I think that just kind of mindset is like a lot of people, successful, not successful, just working class, whoever, are not even thinking like that. Well, if you realize if you get off Twitter for like a week, not that I've done like a week, just not even on it. But if you just spend a few days not totally on it, you'll come back to controversies that you didn't know existed because the rest well, of the world that, didn't what, live in them. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's just. And I, Facebook's probably the same. Like I've probably missed a lot of controversies because I've never do anything on Facebook. It's the same thing. That, that, that's so. where I think. I, now, I, I, I'm not saying like you went out and got drinks with people that aren't on social media. You can bring these topics up and then you can talk about them or whatever. But I don't think they're like if you spend a lot of time on a given day on Twitter, you're living in a different reality than a lot of people just that are at work, not on it. Right. They just watch the. And and I think part of what's false about that is it's just it is such a uh, rapid fire little existence that in order to cut through the noise, you just got to have you got to be saying something all the time. I, I also think in 2000, at the point we are with Twitter and social media, I don't think it's possible to cut through the noise anymore. There's just too much noise. There's just, just a lot noise. of grandstand, a lot of grandstanding going yeah. on, and that's where that's I guess where I get back to Tim Ryan. Like I always struggle with the Bay Area. 
you know, it's like, we got a legit homeless problem. We don't build low income housing. Like we grandstand, you know, in Hollywood and Southern California is a lot like this. And it's just like, but, you know, we got our own problems. Let's I, just, yeah. But you know what? If you disregard, but, but I'm everybody. saying he got suspended. Like he got in no, trouble. No, 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 no. Just to the point you just made, if you disregard anybody's opinion based on them, not being perfect in every other way, then no one can say any, no one will have. Yeah. But I'm saying anything. we're really fraudulent about the group that grandstands more than most places. Maybe I don't know. I I think it probably always feels that way that wherever you are is I. Well, I don't know, I don't guy. Know. We got I all the, the money and we don't help any of the poor people. Like that's yeah. I, again, but I, I I like I said I don't think that's. I, I think if you just because you don't do everything right doesn't mean your opinion on some things is invalid. That's my ultimate point. No, you so just like, you just hypocrites. Well, again, I don't know if that's always the same exact thing. Because then you're saying you have to do everything exactly the same way. You have to be perfect across the board or else your opinion on everything is irrelevant. No, not your opinion, but just that you get to create, like, you just want to control what it's all going to be. Like, you get to control the narrative on everything. Yeah, but the the richest, the, the winners and the rich, and those aren't always the same thing. But that's, that's, that's who writes the history books. That's who controls everything. Let's do ra- rapid fire two games because I got to get off to uh, do this call here in five minutes. Uh, which games? Well, I just got two opinions on two games that I'm pretty okay, fired up on. I think the Bills could beat the Ravens uh, because I also think that they put a, the Niners kind of put the blueprint out on what not to do against Lamar Jackson. The Bills have been one of the better defenses in the league the last couple of years, and they just have really good defensive players. Like they have good team speed, and their head coach is a defensive guy, and the game's in Buffalo. And I just thought about this yesterday, and you and I have talked about this before. They're on an eight game winning streak, the Ravens. Yeah, like just check out the last ten years. How many nine game winning streaks there are in the NFL? Not that many. Like it's you go thirteen and three, you, you, your longest winning streak might be like six games. Like nine. That's pretty nuts. They're they're more than likely right not going to finish the season on a fourteen game winning streak, or I guess right. it would be twelve game winning streak. Like this is just not that crazy of a game to lose at Buffalo. Good defense off a crazy game. Buffalo also long week right because they played last Thanksgiving. Same with the Niners, you know, both playing Thanksgiving teams. Keep an eye on that guy. Okay. And the other game? What's the other one you like? Uh, I don't necessarily have a strong opinion on who's going to win this game, but I, I, I am pretty fascinated to watch. I, hopefully we get it. Chiefs-Patriots. Just like, are, are the Patriots really just kind of in shambles right now? So we'd have to get two CBS games in the afternoon? What's our other? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we well, can't get two CBS. No, we're not because it's no. Raiders-Titans. God damn it! Uh, there's only one other game though in the afternoon, so at least Red Zone should have you covered. Actually, okay. no, there's not. There's two other games, so there's four games in the afternoon. So maybe Red Zone will have you covered there. Yeah, I mean the Sunday night game is Seahawks Rams, massive for the Niners. That's big. I, I keep forgetting about that game. So my Kevin Pilar takes will wait till the next podcast, or maybe not. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone. Here's my quick take: I'm not that mad about. It. I'm not that mad at Farhan. If you're all bent out of shape over not paying Kevin Pilar ten million dollars, like. Get, get over it. It doesn't, it's not, it has nothing to do with anything. Like, I'm sorry. If that was entertaining, I think you're lying to yourself if you're telling yourself Kevin Blar was the reason you turned on Giants games. Because that's how people are acting on, that's how Giants fans are acting. I almost said on Twitter, but actually to his face during the Q&A session that Daniel Brown wrote about in The Athletic. Like, giving him a hard time over it. You, you're lying if you went to the ballpark every day. Like, and I think, I like Kevin Millar. Kevin Pilar, excuse me. I like Millar too. But I like Kevin Pillar. But you're lying right now if you're acting like every day you went to the TV or went to the ballpark because you just 
today I'm watching Kevin Pillar. Like, that's a lie. You're lying. I know you think that because there weren't that many highs, but it's not true. I agree. But they, they got a chance. Talk to yourself really, into they it. They got a chance to really suck this year. Like be really, They do. Really they suck. got a really good and, chance. And John. when you really suck at baseball in 2020, that place could be really, really empty. But Kevin Pillar for 10 no, million know, bucks wasn't I know, changing but that. But it's just, it could get really ugly. Well, yeah, but that's a whole other thing. I'm just right. talking about Kevin Pillar. Like everyone's getting on Farhan about Kevin Pillar. He'll find, maybe he'll find another Kevin Pillar, which is what he did. He signed the guy. It's not like the guy won three World Series for the Giants. I know. He's he not traded Buster for him. Posey. I, I would have kept him. But I get it. Right. I, I, I'm fine. not worked up over it. Adios. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.